It's the holiday season, and if you think I'm gonna sing that song, you are sadly mistaken. Yes, I love to sing, but the podcast is not the place, mostly because of royalties. And anyway, the podcast is where I get my wine groove on. That's why it's the Tall Mike Wine Podcast, number 12 on the Feedspot list of the best wine podcasts. Of course, on the other hand, it's the wine podcast that's not all about wine. We'll get to the non-wine stuff in a moment, but first, welcome! I'm Mike Stone, the tall guy, the wine guy, and this is my podcast, special holiday edition. And is the weather outside ever frightful? If you're in a blizzard somewhere or bomb cyclone, I sincerely hope your wine stash is plentiful. Uh, Maybe some good cheese and, of course, good company. Whether you're in the Northeast, the Northwest, the Upper Midwest, gosh, even the South and uh, Texas are getting some of this extreme weather. Looking at the weather map, it would seem the only places not getting the winter slap in the face are those of us here in California. And my pal Steve down in Arizona. Happy holidays, Steve. Let me get you up to speed with some non-wine-related stuff. I'll call it Walla Walla, the aftermath. Mmm. That sounds a little too distressing, but I did encounter some bad luck immediately after my stay in Walla Walla. If you've been following along, you know I spent the better part of a week in Walla Walla, Washington, tasting wine. Thirteen wineries visited, about four cases of wine packed into the trunk of my car to take home. More friends made. Good times had. Now, when I left Walla Walla, I did not come right back to California. I headed west towards Seattle in a very roundabout way. My first stop was a couple of hours to the west in Yakima, Washington. Uh, There was a little something in Yakima that was not so pleasant, and I'm not talking about my delicious meal at Crafted. That was incredible. Jeff, the bartender, and I had an amazing chat whilst I partook of the local gourmet fare. Thank you, Crafted Yakima. The thing that occurred the next morning was the not-so-pleasant part. Let me set the scene. It was a cold morning. Temps in the low 20s. I wanted to get an early start, so I layered up and ventured out of my hotel room for coffee, which was right across the street, uh, one of the main downtown streets, as I was trying to decide if I should dart across the street directly or walk to the crosswalk on the corner, doing this calculation in my head, looking up and ahead and walking at a brisk pace because of the cold, I did not see something below me, where the sidewalk had become uneven because of a nearby tree. The roots had pushed part of the sidewalk up, a good solid inch or two, just enough for me to catch my toe on and... I fell. I mean, for a moment, I was airborne. Then the, the entirety of my weight came down on my right torso. My keys and my phone came tumbling out of my pockets. It happened so fast, it was a little frightening. But I managed to quickly gather myself 
and my belongings up and safely made it to the coffee shop. I had my coffee. I was sure to pop a few Advil back at the hotel before driving on. On to Olympia, Washington, the state capital, for dinner with an old radio colleague, and then to Bremerton, my hometown, to hang with some homies and my family for Thanksgiving. I certainly felt a bit tender. But wine, Advil, good food, good company, I was in no way suffering. Eventually... I made it back to Northern California, where I let my doctor know about my adventures, and he immediately ordered me an x-ray. And then I found out I had actually fractured three ribs with my little tumble in Yakima. Now, at this point, it was time to get back to work at the winery. No more fun and games. So back to work at Nicholson Ranch in Sonoma, I went. Fractured ribs and all, only to come down with the flu... A couple of days later, this was the flu with the fever, the flu with the body aches, and the sweating. Uh, That flu. Back to the sidelines for me for a few more days. But now, things seem to have righted themselves. And here I am, getting ready to close out the year. Now, closing out the year means tallying up the best of lists, right? Well, I've gone through the archives of wine notes I've written for the year, and there are a lot of them. And if you want to read them all, go to the website called CellarTracker.com. CellarTracker.com is a great resource for keeping track of wines you have in your cellar. And not only that, hearing what other people are saying about wines you have in your cellar. It's a Cellar Tracker. And it's a consumer review wine website. You can find all my reviews on Cellar Tracker. Just look for Tall Mike Wine. Each time I review a wine on Cellar Tracker, I give that wine a rating. They use a 100 point scale, so it's easy at the end of the year to sort them all out and compile the best rated wines. And now it's time to count them down. Now I get nostalgic this time of year, and talk of countdowns makes me think of one of my all-time favorites, the king of the countdowns, Casey Kasem. Remember? Casey hosted American Top 40, a weekly radio countdown of the top songs on the pop charts. Each week, Casey would host American Top 40 from coast to coast, counting down the hits, and occasionally he'd send out a long-distance dedication. Remember? Now we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's go start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. 
This is a last goddamn time. I want somebody who uses fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying. What is this fucking ponderous, man? All right, well, I guess Casey Kasem is allowed to have a bad day now and again. <laughs> and now, as he might have said, on with the countdown. Our number five wine from 2022. This is actually a wine from the Tuscany region of Italy. And it's made with the Cabernet Franc grape. Now, if you look at the label of the wine, it does not say Cabernet Franc. On the front, it says Tenuta di Setticiali Sipio. Sipio is the name of the wine. The name of the winery is Tenuta di Setticiali. The reason they don't put the name Cabernet Franc on the label is because that's just not done in the old world. In Tuscany, they put the name of the region. Now, for hundreds of years, the regions were pretty simple. There was Chianti. There was Brunello di Montalcino. And then sometime in the 1960s and 1970s, they started growing other grapes. Well, those other grapes were sort of considered to be an anomaly, and nobody really wanted to put them on the label. In fact, if you were blending them with the more traditional Tuscan grapes, you had to call that wine Red Table Wine. Eventually, they came up with the name Super Tuscan for those wines. They might use a term like Scipio. Scipio is just that winery's name for its Cabernet Franc bottling. I don't know what Scipio means. I couldn't find it in any Italian dictionary. But this wine, oh my goodness. If you like Cabernet Franc, this one bowled me over. Big blue fruit notes with a ton of florals. And that was just the initial smell. Uh, Big cherry, oaky flavors. Big wine. Yes, this will age quite well for another five to seven years. This is the 2015 Scipio. But right now, I had this just a few weeks ago. Go for it. Decant it if you can. Give it a little air. But go big for this one. Uh, Bring on the stinky cheeses, the full-flavored gamey meats. Please indulge. Number five is the 2015 Scipio. And if you're not writing this down, it's okay because all of the notes of which wines I'm talking about are in the show notes. Just look at your phone. It's right there on the app. And now on with the countdown. Number four is a wine from Australia. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes, Australia is sort of synonymous with Shiraz. And this wine, a Cabernet, is grown where they grow a lot of that really amazing Shiraz. That's down in South Australia. There are major wine regions all around the town of Adelaide. And this is a wine from a winery called Clarendon Hills. And this is a single vintage bottling called Hickenbotham. Hickenbotham is the name of the vineyard. It's a Cabernet. I had some back in November, actually, at dinner with my boss, Deepak Golrajani. We both love this wine so much. And the tasting note that I wrote talks about the amazing spice at the outset. And then fruit and acid and smooth tannins. And we let this wine sit for a while because we had two wines open, Deepak and I did. 
And by the second and third hour, this wine was really opening up and starting to give us a little bit of what we call funk. Barnyardy smells. Certainly in a good spot to drink right now, this 2005 Cabernet may not last too much longer. Another decade? Uh, I'm not going to find out. I have another bottle and I'll be drinking it very, very soon. For holiday enjoyment, perhaps. The 2005 Clarendon Hills Cabernet Sauvignon Hickenbotham is my number four wine for 2022. And now... Number three, it's a wine from Washington State. It's a blend of the Rhone varietals that are very popular in Washington. They call them GSMs. That stands for Grenache, Syrah, and Movedra. This is a blend of just Syrah and Movedra from a winery called Mark Ryan. This is one of the wineries' tasting rooms that I visited back in Walla Walla. Mark Ryan. This is a wine they make called Olivia Grace from the 2014 vintage and my tasting notes talk about how I opened this expecting it to be past its prime because on Cellar Tracker, oftentimes people will tell you, oh, this wine is going downhill. This wine is on its last legs. So I was expecting this to be not up to par. I thought I'd have a glass, maybe two glasses. A few hours later, I sat there stunned and amazed at having drank the whole bottle because it was so damn good. And absolutely singing. An excellent GSM minus the G. Still a couple of years yet left of good quaffing for the 2014 Mark Ryan Olivia Grace from Washington State. The fruit comes from Red Mountain, hallowed ground there in the Columbia Valley. Wine, Wine number, 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 two. number two. two. This one comes from... Chile. You didn't expect that, did you? This is a wine from 2007. The winery is called Uragerie's, and the bottling is their big red, their big red Bordeaux blend called Don Maximiano Founders Reserve. And again, this is a wine from 2007 that I had this year, 2022, a 15-year-old red wine. And on the notes, I said, it's go time for this. Drink up. All the lead pencil and fine leather combined with the mellow red fruit. Amazing now. And it's not going to get better, but might hold up for a bit. But the time to drink it is now. 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 That's what I wrote in my notes. I write these notes when I'm drinking wine. So they're a little, you know. <laughs> and now we've made it up all the way to number, to number one, 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 one on the countdown. The number one wine is from Washington State. It's a 2012 Cabernet Sauvignon from the Long Shadows Winery Collective. It's their Cabernet Sauvignon called Feather. The Long Shadows Collective makes wine from Washington State. Different wines made by different winemakers that come from all over the world. For example, there's a Merlot made by Michel Roland from France. There's a Syrah made by Jean Duval from Australia. And this wine is made by Randy Dunn, who is one of the Cabernet masters here in California, here in the Napa Valley. He's Dunn, Howell Mountain, 
Those Cabernets are epic. And this wine, well, it's number one. What are you going to do? Here are the tasting notes. I write, wow, just wow. And that second one was in all caps. I've had a lot of Long Shadows wines, and they tend to be in my wheelhouse for quality. I like them, and I like the style in which they are made. But this wine tonight was off the charts. Big cab, but not bombastic big. Amazing intensity and energy. Without overstepping, fruit, floral, oak, earth. It was all there and a finish for days. And I'd say another three to five years of quality drinking at this level for this 10-year-old cab. But why wait? Randy Dunn, I salute you. The number one wine of 2022. The Tall Mike Wine Podcast was conceived and is written, produced, edited, and maintained by yours truly. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. They tell me it helps a lot. Also, subscribe to the podcast on whichever app you listen. That way you won't miss an episode. To see all the action behind the scenes, follow me on Instagram at TallMikeWine. And show me what wines you're drinking by tagging your Instagram wine pics with the hashtag SexyBottleShot. I'll return in the new year. The podcast will have its second birthday, and there'll be more wine, as always. I sincerely thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Keep swirling. Keep sipping. Keep whining. I'm Mike Stone. Cheers. Cheers.